0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul, and I'm Aaron, and this is episode number 121. Nothing funny to start this show because nothing funny happened tonight. Uh, it was just a really bad showing by a far inferior San Jose Sharks team up against the Vegas Golden Knights uh, tonight. Lose, they lose by a score of six nothing. Uh, just a a shellacking, if you will, Aaron.
1: Well, I thought it was kind of odd that – not odd, but I'm sure it was scheduled this way to have their exit interviews after the last Arizona game because that was supposed to be the last game of the season, I think. Uh, so I felt like in their minds, in the Sharks players' minds, they're already thinking about summer and getting out of here. So I it, it doesn't surprise me. And then on the other side, Vegas is in a fight with Colorado to win the division, so they needed a strong game. And oddly enough, Colorado played L.A. tonight. And, you know, the final score that was six, nothing. Yep. So flexing their strength against inferior opponents. Way to go, guys.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so for, for this entire week here, and actually before we even jump into that, let's go ahead and um, ask you guys. Uh, to go ahead and start putting your comments in there right now. We're going to talk about a few things, but we're going to be taking a few more comments and questions, I think, than, than normal uh, tonight, just because we're kind of at the end here. So uh, if you guys have comments and questions, please feel free to put them in there. Uh, if you can, give us a retweet. You can share us out to your friends. Get more people in this comment section. Let's get this thing flowing because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of of from the folks. Uh, they want to talk about uh, what, what's going to happen here, what's going on with the Sharks and uh, for next season and for the draft and for all kinds of other stuff. Now we're going to have a show that we do a recorded show, and we'll talk about that later on uh, that will kind of hit on some of those points, but we can at least touch on a few things tonight, I'm sure. So uh, again, get those questions flowing. And if you would like to support the show, by the way, you can do so through, uh, what's it called? (laughs) The super chat, super chat. Yes. uh, You can do that in the super chat there also through Venmo at the fin factor. Uh, It's right down there. Thank you very much to producer Jason. So uh, this show, of course, about hockey athletics and whatnot. So uh, you can be our athletic supporter and we will be happy uh, to be supported by you. So there you go. I'm trying to lighten the mood, Aaron. Don't shake your head. All right. So again, (laughs) first two games this week against Arizona here, uh, we lose by a score of five to two. And then of course the Sharks go and pick up a point. I don't know why they did this, uh, but (laughs) they pick up a point in a five, four overtime loss against Arizona. And then again, Tonight's game six, nothing against the Vegas golden Knights. So uh, we're going to go and check some of these comments and questions in just a second, but Aaron tonight, potentially the last game in Patrick Marlowe's career. I don't think that he's done playing. I don't think he wants to be done playing, but the sharks have not had contract talks with him uh, reportedly at least. So um, this very well could be kind of father Tyne catching up with him.
1: Yeah. I I don't know if he's going to be coming back. Um, I don't know if any other team would, would be taking him either at this point, unless he's going to take that total role of mentoring players. But at the same time, couldn't you do that as a coach and not as a player? So um, I don't know, to me, I got the vibe and I think I mentioned this about a month ago when he started saying goodbye to players um, after the games and shaking hands. To me, it felt like he was retiring and they were more paying respects to his overall career than it was for breaking the Gordie Howe record. So I had the feeling that he's going to be retiring at the end of the year um, and not a lot of teams are going to be trying to get him signed. That, that's my take. That's just what it seemed like, you know, and it's really sad because I mean there was what 1600 fans as a sellout yeah. tonight for the sharks. So he didn't really get the big, he got a standing ovation, but by 1600 people, not, you know, not all of them were even there. So yeah. um kind of sad, not a good tribute way to go out. Uh, maybe he'll sign a one day contract to come back and, Drop the puck and get a good, huge, long 10 minute ovation from everybody, assuming they're back at full capacity in the fall. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think he's going to be back next season. I think they got too many players, especially at the draft picks that they had from last season and the draft picks upcoming. There might be some guys that could crack the roster, especially if the Sharks get a top five, 10 guy. So um, they're not going to have much space for him.
0: Yeah, I like the idea that even if he doesn't uh, resign with the Sharks, that they at least bring him back. In the uh, Joe Pavelski in his suit during the playoffs, waving to the crowd capacity, if you will. Right. I, I, I wouldn't mind him uh, getting the ovation that he rightfully deserves. Uh, like you said, a sellout crowd of what, sixteen hundred. That's just not enough uh, for a guy who breaks the all games, all times game played record. Uh, so I would definitely like to see him kind of get the uh, the ovation that's that's due to him. Uh, and yes, I, I know with the the handshaking afterwards, I know you felt that maybe that was his retirement. I honestly didn't feel that way, but I don't know the way that the broadcasters are talking about it right now. Uh, it does feel like maybe he's done, um, not by his own account. He Again, he wants to play. He feels like he's got more in the tank. But if no one wants to sign him, uh, it's nothing you can do about it. So, um, you know, there was there was a really cool gift that they gave him. They had a couple little ceremonies in the locker room. One of them was by the players and they gave him this really cool painting, I believe. Um, oddly, it looks like Gordie Howe and uh, the shadow of Gordie Howe and then Patrick Marlowe standing in Gordie Howe's shadow, which was, I don't know if that's how they, what they meant to do, but okay. Um, and he liked that one. But then also the, the bigger one was from the NHLPA. They gave him the stick, Gordie Howe's stick, uh, that he used in his record-breaking game uh, from, I guess, the Hockey Hall of Fame. So that stick was actually pulled from the hall and given to Patrick Marlowe as a gift. And, of course, to replace that, they gave uh, Patrick Marleau gave his stick uh, from the record-breaking game. Now I imagine once he announces his retirement—be that this year, next year, or three years down the line—who knows—they'll uh, replace that stick with the ultimate final stick uh, that Patrick Marleau uses for his absolute final game, whenever that may be. So that might be the stick that he used from tonight. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, just a really cool thing. I mean, if you can imagine having Gordy How- Gordy How's stick. The, from the his record-breaking game, hanging in your house. Uh, what, what a nice gesture from the Howell family. What do you think?
1: Uh, I think that's awesome. I think, um, I mean, what else are they going to do with it? Because it's not a record-breaking stick anymore. Now it's just a stick, right? Fair. So, I mean, yes, awesome. I think that's great. I'd frame that. Definitely put that up in my house. And he's going to have more than one stick from the game being used. So maybe he puts his last stick along with Gordie Howell's stick, which would be pretty cool. That would be a nice framed piece, unique piece for him and uh, like a own personal trophy for the end of his career, which would be sad because I know everybody would want to see Patrick Marlowe win a cup. And I kind of wish he was hope. I hoped he was going to get traded to Toronto. I thought that would have been a good fit with him and jumbo. Then I definitely would have been rooting for the Maple Leafs, even though, I mean, nothing against Joe. I just, I just (laughs) don't like the Maple Leafs and want that tradition to continue of them sucking and losing so long. (laughs) So, but um, yeah, I, I, this guy's going to go in the Hall of Fame, no questions. And uh, I think um, it's sad because I, I do think this is this is the end of the road for him. Fair enough. Okay, so I do want to call out a
0: couple of these comments uh, and some questions that we'll get to a little bit later on in the show, so just hold on to those, guys. Uh, C-Notes at the very beginning here says, Yay, we're getting a top-seven pick. Uh, Sonic Tonic, hey, guys. Hey, Sonic, how you doing, buddy? Uh, Scott Kemp says, Yay, we're getting a new facility made of wind-resistant light rods. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Well played. Uh, Ryan Sontag says, sad about this being the last stream of the season. Not sad that the Sharks season uh, went the way that it did. Sad that this is the last stream of the season. Wow. Okay. I, I feel I'm touched. I'm touched, Ryan. Thank you so much. Uh, Keith, hi, Paul and Aaron. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Uh, who are we excited about next year? Uh, I'm excited to see the progression of guys like you know, Konejov uh, for, I going to take just another step, right? he's already in my book. I, again, for me, he's my favorite player on the team right now. He does everything the right way. He's got all the energy in the world. I love the way he plays. So uh, I'm, I'm just happy to see or excited to see what he's able to do beyond that. Another guy that I'm really interested in seeing Brinson Pashnuk. I think he's got the tools. I think he's still a little bit uh, more than a year out from the NHL, but I think he's got the tool set. I think he's got the drive and uh, what a remarkable story. If you haven't read this guy's story yet, him and his brother, uh, how tight they were all through their hockey playing careers, through college, through being signed uh, together with the Sharks. And now it looks like Brinson's taking kind of that extra step, whereas Steen maybe is going to be spending more time at the Barracuda level there. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see them kind of separate a little bit because they've never really been separated. They've always played together. So really interested in seeing that. Um, Aaron, who are you excited about for, for next year here?
2: Hmm.
1: That's a good question. I really like this Bear Bonoff kid, man. I I love the way he plays. I love his effort level. It's not just his skill. I think he's kind of a complete package player, uh, responsible in his own end. And you could tell he really wants to get the puck. And uh, he loses the puck and he chases it down and he forechecks hard. He does all the right things. And his vision to me is what's really cool. Is he. He makes everybody on the ice around him better. And I like players like that rather than a superstar player. That's going to take all the glory and score all the goals. Yeah. It's nice to have those too, but you can only find so many of those. I think bear Bonoff is a, a very good complimentary player who looks like he belongs in the top six. And I was just talking about this with somebody on Reddit uh, tonight, actually how uh, he had going into tonight's game. He had played nine games, which is a pretty decent sample size he had seven points or eight points in nine games and only two games where he didn't record a point. One of those is a shutout. So nobody recorded a point another one tonight. So um, in his 10th game, he didn't get a point, but um, to me, that's, that's a pretty good sample size, 10 games. It's not like it's three games or four games. This is 10 games and he's doing pretty well. And to me, he, I like him better than like Kevin LeBanc. He's a good score. LeBanc's a great scorer, but he doesn't make the people on the ice better as as bear bonoff does and it's definitely more of his compete level there's a there's a big difference between the two and let's say uh if kevin lebank had bear compete level and effort level i think he would be a uh i'm not gonna say superstar player but he would be much more of a star player and everyday player uh in that top six so hopefully he can drive some people um i'm excited to see what he can do in a full 82 game season because it is a grind when you play 82 games um and a lot of players can't handle it now he's an older pro- prospect. If you even want to call him a prospect, he's an older player. Cause he's, he played in the KHL for a number of years against men. So he has the experience and he plays a more mature game, which is one of the things that, um, that Buchner had talked about. So I'm excited to see what he can do for a full season. I fully expect him to not necessarily fail, but have some cold spells in there and maybe get banged up a little bit because he's not the biggest of guys. Um, but I think he's much better than, let's say, uh, Scorenson uh, Sorenson. And, <laughs> uh, and right now I think he's better than LeBanc. So I'm very excited about this guy who's gonna, he just signed a one year deal today, uh, for I think it was a million dollars. Is that
0: right? I don't remember seeing any uh, dollar numbers on this one. So, uh, but a million would be great if you can get this guy one year, one million dollars. And if he's, you know, you yep. feel he's better than Kevin LeBanc, I agree with you. I think he's. He's the guy that the Sharks uh, really could use in this lineup. I've always said we need somebody who's got that great vision, that passing. Ever since Jumbo kind of goes past his prime and then losing him, we've kind of missed that element on the ice, that guy who's got his head up and is finding the plays. And I see Barabanov as that guy. Barabanov is the guy that you, know, you can rely on him once he has the puck to do a pretty decent job protecting it, but to also find guys on the ice, uh, find th- that open passing lane, find the guy that's wide open. He, and he does a very good job of doing that. Uh, he's very patient with the puck. You don't see him kind of panicking very often with it. You don't see him making uh, weird, goofy plays as often. He's he's one of those guys that's very calm with the puck. So, again, this is a guy that I'm very excited to see what he's capable of doing in a full 82-game season, as you said. Uh, you know, if you take a look at, though, this, the 56 games, it's not like those 56 games were spread out farther across, you know, more months like, like an 82-game season would be. It was all, all very compacted. So you've got four games or so almost – on a weekly basis. So if you can get a guy who is producing and generating offense, even if the puck's not going in the net, you're getting those chances. You're making the team around you better. Uh, If you're able to have that guy doing that four games a week consistently, I think that bodes well for maybe, you know, going into an 82 game season and stretching those games out a little bit more where maybe you're only getting two to three games uh, every week. So I think it bodes well for the, for the guy and I know he's not super young anymore, but you know, he's a younger guy and it's, it's this is a prove it contract right this is a one year thing um you know show us that you can do this more than one year and uh, you know we'll we'll talk bigger money and and down the road and we'll see how it goes now um, i don't know who they're going to lose necessarily but the sharks are kind of you know a little thin on the depth chart there so adding him in there uh, even if they don't lose anybody to the expansion draft adding him in there's going to be uh, so big for this team's depth because it'll push somebody else back down to the third line if he's going to be playing uh, what is essentially right now the best line for the San Jose Sharks alongside Hurdle and Kane, if they continue doing that, uh, he's got himself locked into the top six uh, top six role, top six position on this team. And it, I mean, to, to trade for this guy again, you, people, you can hate on Doug Wilson all you want. The, the trade for this guy again was Auntie Suomela, who couldn't crack the roster for a guy who has essentially made Evander Kane and Tomas Hurdle better. I, I'm sorry. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you hate on this. So, I mean, again, a big win for Doug Wilson, big win for the San Jose Sharks and the scouting, uh, the staff that they've got there, uh, picking up Barabanov here. Uh, just a really great job. Now, I do want to get to some of these other comments here. I see you guys asking about the expansion draft. I'm not ignoring you, but we are <laughs> going to get to that right after we're done, kind of touching on some of these other signings. Adam Raska, a right-handed winger, three-year entry-level contract. He was playing in the QMJHL, had 25 points in 22 games, six points in eight postseason games. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how big the guy is, but, you know, it sounds like, you know, he was a bit of a force for his team. I think it was is the same one that Sidney Crosby came from. Um, and it looks like he's he's playing well enough. So, uh, Aaron, do you know anything about this guy? I know he's been a prospect for a little while. He was a draft pick uh, a, a little while back.
1: No, is, he a, is this the guy that was a seventh-round draft pick? Um, last season. I don't. I mean, last draft.
0: I'm honestly not sure. I'd have to go look that up now. But okay. Uh, so unfortunately, we don't know much about the guy. But this is the, a recent signing. Uh, and again, he is a right-handed winger, which the Sharks need more right-handers. Uh, right-hand centers would be great, but uh, we'll take right-handed wingers all day long if they can uh show yep. up and produce. Yeah,
1: this is this is the guy that was drafted seventh overall in 2020. So this is just this last draft. 201st overall um, and he's signing already. I think, I mean, going back to our, was it Joe will was on the show. We had him last summer, right? I think it was after the draft, right? Um, And, uh, or maybe it was before the draft, but anyway, he was saying how Doug Wilson jr. Like he has this whole list of guys. And if these guys are gone, they don't just draft anybody to take those spots. They trade away the draft pick. So I think the sharks had, the Joe will specialist. What is it? It's a, it's a fifth round pick for two sevenths Yeah. And, and they the Joe they do will that a special. lot. Yeah. The Joe will special. So um, this is probably one of the Joe will specials right here. Cause they had a, a number of seventh round picks in the last yeah. drafts. Yeah. I think I'm sorry. I feel like you you know, you're right.
0: Basically if they don't have a guy that's specifically that they wanted to pick that's available uh, right there at the fifth round uh, and they think they can get him in the seventh. I think the talent difference between the fifth and the seventh rounds, it's it's not that big of a difference between those two. So um, I think they, they do a great job of taking that fifth and shuffling it down for the sevenths. May as well roll the dice on two guys. Now, the Sharks have traditionally actually had some pretty decent luck picking in the later rounds. So if you've got pretty decent luck picking in the later rounds, uh, why not trade, trade the fifth uh, for two two sevens, especially since the talent level isn't that different so um you know again this is potentially another instance where a move like that works out for the sharks
1: yeah absolutely so i i'm not necessarily expecting this guy to crack the lineup next year in the nhl but he will be playing in the ahl and they signed him to a contract so that's a good thing now one thing bear bonoff going back to him real quick um he signed an entry-level contract so he's exempt from waivers i'm curious i'm gonna talk to this talk about this a little bit real quick but uh The Barracuda are going to be in the playoffs. They were seventh out of seventh in their division, but the division is going to have their own playoff, and there's going to be the format's kind of funky. Four, The fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh seeds are playing each other, so four versus seven and five versus six in a one-game series, and then um, the winner of that plays each other in another, not series, a one-game single elimination game. Scroll down, Jay, a little bit more. There, you can see it right here, the, the format. And then, um, so the Sharks are going to be that seventh seed playing against the fourth seed, which right now, I don't know if they're going to change. This is San Diego goals. Um, but anyway, how many players are the Sharks have eligible on their NHL roster right now that could play for the Barracuda? I bet they all get sent down and they're going to, because they're going to want them to play and get some experience, especially at the playoff level. So it's this is great. And this is only a, a Pacific division thing because the rest of the divisions, correct, Paul, that they will not be playing.
0: As far as I know, yeah, this is specific to the Pacific Division. They're doing their own little playoff. I don't think the other divisions are participating in playoffs. Uh, and the winner of the Pacific Division, um, you said Sharks earlier, but the Barracuda, the winner of the of that Pacific Division uh, becomes the Pacific Division champions. And then that's the end of it. Uh, so... Who knows? I, I don't know if there's uh, they're gonna change uh, anything with the other playoff formats, but as far as I know, there's no other playoffs. There's just Pacific Division, and that's it. So um, yeah, I think you're right, Aaron. I think some of these guys are gonna go off the Taxi Squad, uh, off the Sharks, and uh, get moved right back down to the Barracuda and kind of bolster that lineup. I mean, imagine you know Sasha coming back, Checo coming back. Uh, you got Barabanov. He's on an entry level contract. If he can go through, doesn't I need to pass through waivers? And he go uh, down to the Barracuda. I mean, this could be kind of, you know, a, a sneak attack team. Uh, you know, you talk about them being in seventh place, but that's also because half their roster was playing uh, for the Sharks this season, right? We didn't have the depth. We kept pulling guys up and in. We kept talking about this, that it was going to be that revolving door that even more so this season than we saw last season. I think that was the case. So a lot of those guys have got some good NHL experience. They're going to be able to go down and play. Now imagine this, Konejov, can Kanishov go down? To the barracuda if he can i mean that's that's a solid nhl defenseman that's going to be playing down there yeah uh, Mel- melnichuk and Koshinosh, they're, they're those guys they've got some little bit of nhl experience down to their
1: belts they're going to be able to play right so um it could be good things if you're a barracuda fan kanejov and passionate can both go sit down ferraro cannot even though he's on his entry-level contract that'd be interesting but he's gonna be playing for canada correct the world juniors,
0: yes. Amara Ferraro will be playing for Team Canada. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, he absolutely deserves it again not, with the work ethic. It's not world juniors. What is it? The world cup, world uh IIHF International Ice Hockey Federation. That okay. tournament. yeah, world tournament.
1: Another good thing for him to keep playing hockey and getting some experience in there, so that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, 100 um, percent I, yeah. I want to call out real quick we got uh a, a Venmo tip here from Kellen Foster. Kellen, thank you so much. The Marine Corps couldn't find a better looking tank than the Sharks. Here's one to next season. Um, Kellen, uh, obviously you're talking about the shark tank. It's a very nice venue. Uh it's it's a beautiful one. If you've not ever been, I suggest making the trip. Um, I don't know what other tank you might be talking about, Kellen. Really? Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. You Aaron, are
1: joking? Oh my God.
0: You know, and the more I can't you can't know. tell
1: if you're being sarcastic or if you're just being really <laughs>
0: not smart <laughs> no i'm not being really not smart okay uh i see you want to talk a little no <laughs> there you go um there's i see you, you here you you put jack eichel you want to talk a little bit about jack eichel um but i i do see a lot of comments here asking about the expansion draft so i will leave this up to aaron i'm not going to be the guy who pulls the trigger here aaron do you want to go with the community talking about or well, asking about the expansion draft or do you want to be selfish and talk about jack eichel
1: Yes. And yes. Uh, I only said Jack Eichel because there was a comment in here just now about Jack Eichel. um, And I'm, I'm losing it now. I just had it up here. Anthony Sanchez. We better all hope sharks draft a set of their first round pick this year, unless we use this pick as a package to get Eichel. That's not going to happen. They're not, the sharks are not going to go after Eichel a guy who is getting paid $10 million a year who cannot stay healthy. I like Jack Eichel. He's a great player, but I wouldn't touch him. Like we already have an eleven million dollar guy who gets hurt. Why would we want to add another ten million dollar guy that gets hurt? So it's one and a half million dollars cheaper. No, unless you're trading Carlson for him, <laughs> but if you have Carlson and Eichel on the team together, that's a lot of money to two players who get hurt a lot. No thanks. I just don't yeah. think Jack Eichel's a fit in San Jose. He he's got some problem with his was a vertebrae. Yeah, he wanted to have surgery. If he had surgery right away, he would have been recovered and ready probably by now or the next month and he'd be ready for next season and Buffalo wouldn't do it. So he kind of threw them under the bus in the media too, which is fantastic. You never see players do this. He he wants to get out and that's as bad as it will get for hockey for players talking out. But essentially um, in the NHL, the team owns the rights to, if you can have surgery where they basically own your body you are now allowed this was not allowed before but you're allowed to get a second opinion outside of a of the team doctor so if you wanted a third party opinion but the team still holds the rights if if they're gonna allow you to do it so he went and got a third party option in that or opinion and that said uh he needs surgery on his neck and the team said uh nope not gonna do it so he is kind of stuck it's a herniated disc in his neck i believe yeah no it's 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 his neck like it's yeah, it's it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. So he's been out with it. Um. Yeah. There you go. Thank you, Noah. Yeah. Thanks, Noah. So yeah, I I wouldn't want that guy on the Sharks. That's just it's asking for trouble. And yeah. he's going to be signed for a lot longer than, or I think it's five more years, four or five more years. Yeah. No, so
0: I money. I have to agree with you on that one. And you know, as much as I I still like Eric Carlson, I have no problem with Eric Carlson. Um. It it does kind of show you though that you you really unless you're Connor McDavid. Um, you really have a hard time being a good, solid, deep team with that much cap going to just one player. We saw it with Chicago after Taves and Kane got signed to their 10 I think it was 10, nine million, $10 million, whatever it was, um, each. Uh, so right after that, essentially, Chicago kind of went on a, a nice decline there. And it's because you don't have the, the players to build around it. I was really hoping for Eric Carlson, even though it was a giant sum of money, I was really hoping for him uh, to kind of help push the offense going forward regardless of who's up there, you know, being able to kind of benefit from his elite style of play. And he still does have an elite style of play, but it just doesn't seem to be the case uh, with, with Eric that he's able to make uh, those guys in front of him better. So um, it it, it sucks because, you know, I, again, I like the guy, but the contract itself, not necessarily that it's a bad contract because for what he can bring, I think it, it could potentially be a fair contract, but for anybody, if you're going to have that much money going to one player, it really does hurt your ability uh, to to build around them and to give them the depth that they need. Especially when you've got other guys on the team, specifically defensemen, uh, who are making seven and eight million dollars uh, themselves. You got a whole bunch of money dedicated to just a handful of players. Of course, it's going to be difficult to build that depth around. So, uh, adding in a guy like Jack Eichel, uh, you know, injury proneness aside, if you will. Uh, even if he's, you know, prolific, uh, back to being prolific in, in goal scoring and, um, you know, point generation and whatnot. The fact is, you know, with his dollar amount, it would just it would be almost impossible to, to build around it. And again, we saw the same thing with Chicago. So I just don't think that it would be um, a really good idea to bring a player uh, of that caliber. Yes, it'd be great, but a player with that uh, dollar amount attached to him. It would just kill it. So um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about uh, Jack or if there were some other comments here uh, that were specifically about Jack. Someone else wants to talk about um, Eric Carlson dangling on hot dog Phil. Uh, yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, John James Peacock. Yeah, buddy. Uh, that was a one, two, three, and he had him twisted inside and out and all the way around. He looked like a merry-go-round. Uh, yeah. Phil was dizzy after that one. My goodness. If you haven't seen this folks, uh he goes between the legs i believe he goes between the legs back and forth and then he pulls the puck behind phil and phil is just basically uh drilling a hole into the ice like you think he'd go ice fishing uh <laughs> it was just hilarious uh to see this thing happen. i mean i, I wasn't tweeting the entire game and that was the one tweet i said i said okay guys i know i haven't been tweeting this game but did you just see the ridiculousness that was eric carlson right there on a guy like phil kessel my goodness so yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Thank Kessel. you for bringing that wonderful memory up
1: in a, a horrible season here. <laughs> what did Phil Kessel do later in that game? Sure, he scored the winner in overtime. <laughs> he was <proud>. hey man, <laughs> he helped us get a better draft pick. So I, I was very things. happy. I was very happy that he did that. All good things in that game. I don't Like know I said before the anyway. before the end of the last show, I didn't want the Sharks to get any points in these next three games and just stay where they are because after these three games are over. Nobody's going to talk about these three games. They're just going to talk about, oh, they were so close to getting a better pick. Well, yeah, because they won the – or they got points in those last couple games. They should not have done that. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Speaking of points in the last couple games, let's talk a little bit about expansion, job because uh, the people wanted it. Um, So, Vancouver – I'm not going to start with the Sharks. I'm going to start with Vancouver. Uh, They have five games to make up, okay? They are only four points – Behind the San Jose Sharks, so if they win two of those five or more, um, they essentially pass the Sharks, and the Sharks could then be in sole possession, I believe, of seventh. Right now, they're kind of showing up on this Tankathon. I don't know if Super Producer Jason wants to put this up right now or not, but Tankathon, this uh, website that kind of simulates the expansion draft and the odds of getting a certain pick, it shows you uh, where the Sharks sit, and right now they've got them in seventh as seventh worst that is a uh, team in the league. So that shows the odds right there. You could see 13.3% chance of getting a top two pick. Uh, and then a six and a half percent chance of getting the number one overall pick. So not phenomenal, but certainly not bad. And actually we'll, we'll just go ahead and do it just one time. I'll go ahead here. Super Jason. Oh uh, yeah. So we slide down from seven to eight. The worst we can get there is uh, ninth place, right? Because only two teams could leapfrog us. Um, so the, for the Sharks right now, if everything remains the same, the Sharks could be in seventh, eighth, or ninth, depending if would they get uh, leapfrogged by other teams, or in first or second if they win the draft. So one, two, seven, eight, nine. Those are the, the the choices that uh or not the choices, but the way that it could end up for the San Jose Sharks, uh based on the uh, lottery here. Oh, there we go, number two. <laughs> I'll take it. Don't hit it anymore, leave it alone. Okay, so <laughs> Nice. So, yeah, um, that that's basically how the uh, the draft can shake out there, okay? So, the Sharks can get either the first, second, seventh, eighth, or ninth if everything was to remain the same right
1: now. Again, um, I think that the well, – wait. What's interesting is the Sharks – I'm going to reset it here. Okay. Vancouver, they're doing it based on points per game because they haven't played all their games. So, even though the Sharks have more points than Vancouver, right? they're showing ahead of them in the standings, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So the Sharks can, so Vancouver will always be worse than the Sharks. The Sharks won't be worse than seventh. If this is the way the NHL is doing it because Vancouver has more games to play. Right. However, if, this, if the Vancouver Canucks lose
0: all five of their games, their record would technically be worse than ours. Their points would be less than ours. They would leapfrog us for seventh. We would be true, second.
1: but are they even going to make up all those games?
0: Yes. Are they're they going to be- play four games against Calgary flames and one game against the mighty, Edmonton McDavid's <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> thank you take a bow uh yeah so they, they will be actually playing out uh, those those last few games because the other teams need to have uh, their games played as well so uh Calgarini has four games that they've not played yet because four of those were against uh the Vancouver Canucks so they they are going to play all those games as far as I can tell uh so there you go that's that's what's going on with the expansion draft in terms of uh where the Sharks might end up, uh, if they get leapfrogged by the Vancouver Canucks, if, if the Canucks lose everything uh, and they become seventh place there, then the Sharks would be eighth. Then it becomes 8, 9, 10 as the worst that they could possibly be. So no, no matter what, essentially what we're looking at, guys, is a top 10 pick for the Sharks and a pretty decent chance of getting either number one or number two.
1: I mean, the best case scenario, if they didn't get first or second, would be Arizona to get first or second because they forfeited their pick, so The Sharks would actually jump up a pick. I, I like that. That's good. That works. Wouldn't that be awful for Arizona if they won the first overall? It's the year that they had to forfeit their first pick. Uh, see, see, you got, here's the thing this. now.
0: You got me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm rooting for, for Joe Thornton in Toronto, right? Okay. Now you got me rooting for Arizona to win the draft because I just want to point and laugh a little bit. Why not?
1: Uh, yeah. It'd be fun. <laughs> I'd really screw over the NHL. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, so uh, let's go ahead and take a look back at some of these other comments here. We said we were going to get to the comments. We said we're going to go ahead and call some of these out. So let's go ahead and do that. Um, let's go with, uh, for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul and I'm Aaron. Thank you for watching. No, Scott, we're not ending the show. <laughs> Killing You're showing
1: me. the emojis off in the comments.
0: Oh, is that why? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know about the emojis. There you go. Okay, there you go. Uh, honestly, well, there could it be a better team if a few players get dropped down. Yeah, absolutely. they will be uh, a better team. The, uh, you know, anytime you can get some NHL experience in those players, I think it's a good thing. Um, uh, the, the speed of the game, they always talk about this. Whenever I've asked one of the rookies, Hey, what's the hardest thing to adjust to going to the NHL level? They always say it's the speed of the game. The fact that everyone can make, um, uh, moves in tight, right? So, uh, and can make a play, uh, in tight like that. So, you know, I think absolutely. You you start experiencing those things. Your body gets used to that speed, especially for a guy like Kniezov, who spent the entire season in the NHL. If you were to go back down to the A, um, those guys are not going to be nearly as quick, nearly as talented. He's going to have a much easier time picking them apart defensively, uh, as he was basically able to do it all, all pretty much all season long uh, with the NHL. What do you think, Jace or Jay? Wow, <laughs> Aaron, what do you think? Uh,
1: yeah, but don't forget, the other teams are going to be sending their players down too. <laughs> right? Yeah. There you go. How's it feel? Huh? It feels so small. Huh? I can't hear you. <laughs> Speak up. Uh, They're playing San Diego in the first game, and that's Anaheim's affiliate. Anaheim has some really high-end top prospects because they've been losing a lot in the last four or five seasons. So, um, I'm really blurry right now, but they uh, they're going to be doing the same thing. They're going to send all their top guys that they can down to, to keep playing and, and get some experience. So it's going to be a very, that game is going to be awesome to watch. Um, I don't know if, I don't think they're broadcasting those ones, but that'd be really cool. It'd be a fun game to see how the sharks do against basically the top Anaheim team. These guys, their top prospects are going to be basically the, the replacement for gets the replacement for, um, I don't even know who they have as a top scorer on that team anymore because it wasn't Harry. <laughs> but just their their next generation of, of top-end guys are going to be there. It would be like if the Sharks didn't trade Josh Norris and he was here. Um, Josh Norris, right? Is that right?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kasha was a guy that they traded a while back. He was a big scorer for the Ducks. Yeah, but he's not really anymore. Yeah, I know. Not anymore. <laughs> At the time, he was. Right. I feel like I have to talk with a higher pitched voice now. Okay. Uh, for those on the podcast, I am, uh, my whole picture is about the size of Aaron's head now because Super Producer Jason has uh, spited me because I called him, I called Aaron Jason. Or I started to call him Jason. And uh, I guess that brings up bad uh, bad vibes, bad juju because I
1: got that my entire life. Yeah. All the teachers call me Jason because my <laughs> brother's two years older than me. <laughs> a
0: little bit of revenge there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there you go. <laughs> he flipped it back. I love it. Um, let's see. Uh, I think we should talk to Florida. Noah Claxton. I think we should talk to Florida about their goalies. They have to protect Bob and have to choose between Knight and some name I can't pronounce. Dreiger? Dreiger? Yeah. Okay, sure. Why not?
1: Way better numbers than uh, than Bobrovsky. Really? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm looking to see if he is, he is eligible to go. But he's a UFA after 2021. Oh, wait. Yeah, he's a UFA right now. So, they're going to have to re-sign him and then choose between Bobrovsky. Actually, Bobrovsky has a no-movement clause, so they have to protect him. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. Unless Bobrovsky is going to trade or uh, or uh, you know, do it. And this is one of the things where the Sharks could be making a trade because yep. uh, what Florida is going to want to not do is lose him for nothing. So, they're going to want to trade him and get something back. And then the Sharks can protect him. And expose Kornosh and uh, Jones instead. So, to me, I think the Sharks are in a very good position. I kind of put this in the notes. Um, Doug Wilson's been hinting at it for the last couple of weeks now, saying how ever since the trade deadline, they they're basically their biggest asset is cap space in a in a league that has very little of it. So, um, I think he's going to try and take full advantage of these teams, exactly in the situation like Florida, where they have two goalies or they have two forwards that are going to get exposed and they're going to lose one. They're not going to want to lose them. So they're going to trade them away instead and get either a prospect back or a draft pick or something. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if the sharks make a trade there with maybe with Florida, maybe to get one of their goalies.
0: Yeah. I'd love to see that. I would love to see a uh, a guy who's you know really highly touted, not just kind of a hopeful uh, in Spencer Knight. I think he's, you know, phenomenal talent. If there was any way we could get our hands on him, I would be all ears. I wouldn't necessarily pull the trigger, uh, but I would absolutely be all ears uh, to see what, what would make that happen, essentially. Um Ben and Guns here says, Hey guys, been a while since I last joined the live conversation. You know what, Ben, I'm going to ask you and everybody else to do the same thing. Once again, uh, hit us with a retweet, hit us with a share, get some more folks in here. I'm enjoying the conversation with you guys. And we want to get some more of these comments flowing because we're, we're taking more comments. Essentially, we've gone through the things that we wanted to talk about. So now it's just kind of us talking with you guys. So bring up some more questions, throw some more comments in there, get more people in here, guys and uh, we'll we'll just kind of keep flowing over here. Don't forget, if you do want to support the show, you can do that through Venmo at The Fin Factor, and you can also do it with the Super Chat, or you go to thefinfactor.com, buy yourself a shirt, hat, uh, some stickers, whatever the case is. Uh, Obviously, anything goes towards the show. It uh, it helps us out with uh, production and everything else. And actually, Aaron, I'm almost done here with my two weeks worth of uh, shot number two, so we could potentially be... Side by side pretty soon. I don't know if you want that necessarily. I think you've enjoyed being uh, worlds apart here. uh, I
1: smell you. It's fantastic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I smell delicious. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so um, Mr. Hernandez here says, guys, I'm sad. Started watching hockey in 07. It feels like tonight the 07 core team is over. I go back and watch highlights from the cup run before they brought me joy. Now every goal brings me sadness. I am so very sorry to hear that. Um, my goodness. I don't even know why I read that comment. I feel I feel down now. Aaron, how do you feel about that? Um
1: I don't know, man. the 07 core, it's all gone now, huh? It is, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you think about it. Who is I don't think Burns was there in 07 yet? It was just at this point, it was Marlowe, Thornton, Pavelski, man. I had season tickets and I was going to every single game that year in 07. So I was at my, when I first had season tickets, it was, Oh, uh, the, the first year after the lockout, those first three seasons, I didn't, I missed maybe two games in three seasons. It was ridiculous. We went every single game, but um, yeah, those were some good years. Those were like, it was the prime scoring years. I mean, that's when Thornton came and Chichu had the 56 goals. You know how many hats I lost from hat tricks throwing,
2: those,
1: <laughs> throwing the hats on the ice that year. Yeah. It was insane, but uh, yeah, I miss those years. But at the same time, I get excited more for the young guys, young upcoming stars because they have so much more potential. And um, I feel like the Sharks are, are kind of building towards repacking their their uh, cabinets with their prospects. And and I, I think the future is looking better and better every year. Um, I'm really excited for this, not even the draft, but leading up to the draft because I feel like the Sharks are going to be making some moves, taking advantage of teams that are really stuck up against the salary cap and don't want to repeat um, Vegas. Cause I feel like a lot of GMs got, got um, swindled in, in the Vegas uh, before the draft Vegas, making all those moves. And I think they're a little bit wiser. I would hope they're a little bit wiser now and the sharks are able to take advantage of it. So yeah, I, I yeah. Anyway, Aaron, not you, Aaron
0: Cavino says I appreciate you guys so much and I can't wait for next season with a fresh new fin factor set it's going to be great with a uh, a heart if you will it's a little bracket thing and uh, I, the set. There I miss you go. It.
1: this is such a we're in this teal void
2: <laughs>
1: oh, I'm stuck in the void of teal yeah hey you know what you did the best
0: <laughs> and apparently you're falling away uh, so there you go uh, no, it's, it's, you know, you do the best you can with, uh, with what you got. And, you know, we were, uh, lucky enough to have some folks, uh, that support the show and we are able to get these nice little green screens behind us so that we can do this little, uh, teal gradient and everything. We've got some nice lighting. We've got nice camera and everything else. So
2: get on with it. Yes. Get on with it. Yes. yes get get on, on with it. With it.
0: I'm just trying to thank the community. I want to say thank you guys so much for helping us out with this uh, during this whole COVID thing, uh, making it so it's still presentable uh, to you guys. So I'll go ahead and get on with it, I guess.
1: Uh, so there's, thank a, you very there's much. a lot of questions about Ryan Merkley. One was asked, yeah. uh, Noah Claxton <laughs> asked. He's like, I don't know if you guys saw this, the topic, which I did earlier, just kind of flew away. But do we see Merkley next season as a regular? Um I don't, I don't want to say he's a regular, but I think it's going to depend on how many right-handed shots are left on the team starting next season. How about that? Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. I don't know. I don't I know about Ryan Merkley. I don't think he's ready yet. And Anthony Sanchez followed up saying Merkley is another bust. I wouldn't call him a bust. He, remember, he's very young. He was drafted. He wasn't even 18 yet. So he was still a – think about it. They drafted a high school kid and he's only been in college for 2 years. Think of it that way. That's yeah. That's very young. He's still 20 years old. However, he was good enough to be drafted at that age.
0: And I don't think he's made that step in the amount of time that other prospects maybe who have gone in the first round would have taken that step. So, yes, he's young, but regardless of age, his skill level is what got him drafted at that at that pick, at that uh that round and that level. So for for me, it's it's not so much, oh, he's young, we'll give him extra time. It's he was good enough at 17 to get picked there. Um and I would expect to see you know some some similar progression to other guys picked uh in the same same vein. Would you agree I, or no?
1: I, I think he was very highly skilled but was very raw in terms of uh playing a full defensive being a defenseman in, especially in the NHL level. So I think, um, I think he needed time. I still think he needs a little bit more time. I would expect him to get NHL games in next season. I just don't know if he'll be a regular on the NHL team. Um, And I'm still, I still don't think it's way too early to call him a bust. I think a bust would be if it's 23, 24 years old and he still hasn't really cracked the lineup in the regular, then yeah, I think he's a bust, but I think uh, he still has another three years before I would label him a bust. OK, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say bust uh, just yet either.
0: Uh, I would say maybe I would demote him from where I my expectations we will put it that way or my hopefulness for him. Uh, maybe is demoted just a little bit, uh, but I do want to say thank you to Lundy three ninety nine in the super chat. Could Braun be on Seattle? Of course, he asks about Braun. Um, could, Aaron, what do you think? Do you know anything about their situation? Could
1: Braun uh, be a guy that gets exposed to, to, to go to Seattle? Yeah, I'm looking right, right now at the defense in Philadelphia have. Um, he could be because he is definitely eligible. And they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven defensemen that are eligible to be taken in the draft. So, and he's one of them. So I, they're definitely going to keep off Niskanen maybe, although he's a UFA, so they could just let him go. Gust is bare. I think they want to expose him. They put him on waivers earlier this year. Anyway. Um, who knows, maybe they actually do keep Ron. That's going to be their call. And I'm not that up to, uh, the Philadelphia flyers and what they got going on. So sorry. Yes. Absolutely. Possibility that he could be, um, in Seattle. And thanks Lundy. Hi, I can donate again. Yeah. Uh, I guess we, uh, we didn't get to his comment
0: fast enough. I apologize for that. Um, but I do appreciate the extra three bucks there, Lundy. Thank you so much, uh, Lundy. Always help and support the show. Uh, we really do appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if uh, if Bronner. I don't know. What I mean, if this was the Philadelphia Flyer factor, then I guess uh, maybe we'd have more information on that. But uh, sadly, we we do not. So I apologize for that. Oh, there we go. I'm I'm small again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see any other comments here that you see. I'm kind of like swishing through here. To see uh, what Mr. The,
1: Sandpaper. Should the sharks protect Vlasic? I'm thinking, no, the sharks have to protect have to. Vlasic because he has a no movement clause. So right now going into the draft, they have to protect Carlson and Vlasic. Those are the only two actually that have full, no movement clauses. Um, other people have no trade clauses or modified, no trade clauses, but those two have to be kept no matter what, unless you can ask or convince them to waive them, which, uh, during the exit interviews, were they really, yesterday or two days ago? Mm-hmm. Um, Carlson and Vlasic, I believe, were both asked about if they were going to waive their their no movement clauses, and they both said, uh, "No, I signed here that contract so that I could play here, and I'm going to play it out." So they had no plans to. In fact, Vlasic even mentioned that he didn't even know he had a no movement clause until everyone started bringing it up uh, <laughs> this year. So he had no idea. Which I think is. Do you believe that? No. I don't believe that for a second unless he really is that guy that only focuses on hockey and let his, his agent do it and it just goes over his head. But I, I don't think he's that kind of guy. He doesn't rub me as that kind of player. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. He's an intelligent dude. I think he knows about it. He was just being a goof.
1: Yeah. I think he just didn't want to, he was just playing coy. I think.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like, uh, they are here to stay They're They're not planning on waiving their no move clauses. Uh, they, which honestly, you know, part of, part of me is like, Oh, darn, that'd be great to be able to unload a contract. Um, the other part of me is like, they're not, it's just because they waive it doesn't mean that there's something's going to happen with them. They can get exposed and the other team could look at them and go, yeah, we don't want that. Right. So, um, yeah. the, the Seattle is not the league's vacuum, they're not just going to suck up anything and everything that anybody wants to unload, right? They're going to pick the players that they think is going to give them the best shot to be successful because they're trying to model themselves after the Vegas Golden Knights. They've seen the success you can have uh, with this style of expansion draft picking, right? So, uh, I think teams are wiser to it now, so they're not going to be as good as the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, but they're certainly not going to just pick any old players. Um, you know, because other teams are trying to get rid of them. Now, yes, you can incentivize it by adding a prospect or a pick into it as well, but that's you know, neither here nor there because as we just said, both those guys said that they're not planning on waiving, they're planning on being, you know, loyal to the team. I signed a contract to play for the sharks. I want to win in San Jose. That's what Mark Vlasic said. I want to win in San Jose. Um, he even went so far to say essentially, no, there will be no rebuild. Next season, we will be competing for a playoff spot and for the cup. Um, that's the expectation. You know, we're gonna be able to have some time off here. We're gonna be able to uh, have a preseason. We're gonna have a training camp. All these things that we didn't get. We're gonna start playing in San Jose, not in Arizona. We're gonna be able to see our families. There's a whole lot of things that are gonna go right on the mental health side of the game. and I think a lot of that gets downplayed a lot. Uh, you know, people see players and they expect them to perform. Uh, just like in NHL 21, they have an overall of this. They should be able to play. Uh, but these guys are humans just like you and me. When they get knocked off of the game mentally, it, you know, it's it's tough. It's a, it's a hard season for these guys. And, and obviously, it's hard for everyone else as well. But, you know, not everybody's built the same. Some guys respond differently. And in this case, you know, also, Marco Dervalasic, both of his dogs died uh, at the end of uh, 2020, I believe. And that affected him, you know, big time. He's a very big dog person. And essentially, those are like his kids. So when both of them go... Um, that's, that's kind of, you know, difficult for him to deal with. So, um, I don't know. I'm not trying to make excuses for him and kind of a whole bunch of slack here, but at the same time, I do feel like these guys are going to kind of rebound for next season. Um, I can't remember who it was. Someone said, uh, thanks for coming around. I think it was Ben. It said, thanks for coming around, uh, uh from the season saying that, you know, realizing that the sharks were bad, uh, and everything else. Superdews, Jason, if you're able to find that comment, uh, if you could throw it up there, cause I'm not sure what it, exactly what he said, uh, watching a couple of the latest episodes, glad you come around that one were bad 2 AK 65 got no D and three Jones is done. So I don't necessarily agree that ek 65 has no D I, I think he's got um, uh, he's got a list of things that he needs to improve on. Uh, and, and he's been told as much by uh, Bob Bugner here saying, you know, he's got to be stronger on his skates. He's got to be more physical and he's got to be quicker on the puck. Right. So, um, I think a lot of that has to do with the things that I complained about and probably what you're talking about right now is how he kind of skates around holding his stick out. I think what, what Bob wants him to do is be a lot more physical. I've seen some highlights on Eric Carlson when he was playing for Ottawa where he body checked somebody and it was like an open ice hit and he, this guy went flying. And I'm going, where's that Eric Carlson, right? So uh, there's definitely some things that you know he could be working on as well. Uh, I, I probably got uh, sidetracked there. But again, we're just kind of picking up on comments here. Uh, sorry, Aaron, I know you're laughing at me right now. <laughs> Uh, go ahead, Aaron. I see something here from uh, Hernandez here saying, a few shows ago, I challenged you to a friendly bet. I said, Kane becomes captain. If so, you grow your hair and show us. I'm bald too. If he doesn't, I have to grow my hair like Hulk Hogan. What do you
1: say? We already talked about this in the last show. I, he wants, no. he's
0: bringing it up again. It's the comments. I got to read them off. Go ahead.
1: No, I'm not growing out my hair. Not doing that. My wife already gets mad at me for growing out my mustache during November. I can't imagine growing out my hair. My kids would freak out. It's not not worth it, sorry.
0: Pretty sure I would freak out. And um, I've been since kindergarten. I can Rumor
1: Kane might not be back. Possible buyout option. I don't I don't see that happening. That's their best player right now. Unless yeah. it was a mutual thing and he wanted to be gone, I don't think that's the case. Um in fact, Kane just came out with that was it the exclusive article on the Athletic a couple of days ago came out and he was finally talking about his bankruptcy charges and how it feels so good to have it out in the open and he's free. He doesn't feel like he's hiding it anymore. So he's, and obviously it showed on the ice this year. Absolutely. I think he's going to be a better player going forward. Um, his daughter's less than a year. I think she's only nine, 10 months and that's really changed him a lot. So, uh, perspective changed for him. He grew up a lot in this last year or so year or two. Um, and I think San Jose is a great spot for him. I thought it was going to be good when, when the sharks got him. So, um, I think he's going to be here for the long haul. And I like that he's here for the long haul. I think he's a fantastic player and one of the best. I mean, he was the best shark this season by far. I think head and shoulders above everybody else. He was the best shark. Yeah. I'm now, does that to. mean he's a captain material? Nah, he could be a leader, but I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to be captain material.
0: I feel like there's a difference between leadership qualities and just being a very good player. Uh, Evander Kane is a very good player. I don't know enough about Evander, and I haven't seen enough from Evander. Again, I've gone to several practices from the previous season. And, of course, you you uh, hear him in the post-game interviews. You talk to him um, after the games and whatnot. You see him uh, on the ice the way he responds and talks and everything else. And I just don't know that he feels like the, the captain-type material, the leader-type material. Now, again, I'm not in the locker room, so I really don't know. But just kind of the general feel, I just don't get that feeling um you know logan on the other hand you you get that feeling out of logan pavelski i can't remember who it was that said it but he says i can't believe anybody wants to follow that weasel um you don't know joe pavelski then because they're these guys were willing to die for this dude i'm telling you like they pavelski was a phenomenal leader and could you know he's doing the best he can right now and i don't like that people are saying he's not a good captain why because the team sucks Does that make him not a good captain? Somebody else had said, can we agree that DeBoer wasn't the problem? Well, by that same vein, DeBoer sucks as a coach because they were losing, right? So it's not the case. It's not always the case. You can't just say, you know, the team is bad. Therefore, the GM sucks. The coach sucks. The assistants suck. The captains suck. Everybody sucks. Well, okay, everybody didn't play too well, but it's not. You can't just say that that one singular thing was the issue. You can still have Couture being a good captain for a team that isn't extremely talented, which was the case same thing with Bob Bugner. He's not necessarily a bad coach. I mean, he's his team's not doing too great, but you know what? Let's think about it. Again, the revolving door. how many guys did we see get sucked in from the AHL and shoved into roles that maybe they weren't ready for? Um, we did see some emergences from you know younger players, yes, but again, they have to adapt to this system. It's the first time he's he's implementing that system. The first 20 games of the regular season were supposed to act as training for these guys. So I don't know. I have a hard time saying that, you know, Bob is the problem. Couture is the problem. Doug Wilson is the problem. The team just sucked. That's all there is to it. It was just not a very good team this season. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see next season. Hopefully there's some changes uh, in the roster that Bob can do a little bit more with. And we'll see. And that can can be a better leader for a team that's got better players on it. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Um, But yeah, Scott saying, can we agree that DeBoer wasn't the problem? I didn't think that DeBoer was the problem. What I thought was that DeBoer's message wasn't being heard by the team. It had gone stale. Not saying he's a bad coach in the least. He's a good coach. He's a great coach. Uh, But just it wasn't uh, resonating in that locker room. And unfortunately, it's a lot easier to swap the coach out than it is to swap your roster. So um th- that's just kind of what they needed to do. Unfortunately, I,
1: I think DeBoer's um, his playing style was needed to go. I think his... His tactics weren't working with the roster that they had. So there, he was forcing players to play his tactics, which with the roster they had wasn't working. So I think the one that Bugner has set up is working a little bit better than what they had with DeBoer, with practically the same roster, I guess.
0: Okay. Um,
1: okay. I, I'm sorry.
0: I have to call out this this super chat because this is phenomenal. Ryan Sontag with the $10 super chat. First of all, thank you for the 10 bucks. He says, "I hate snapbacks." I'm so sorry. I'm too fat for your shirts. Oh uh, man, maybe we can we can get a triple XL. What do you need, buddy? Uh, and I already have a bunch of stickers. So take my super chat and buy super producer Jason a beer. Any update on Couture's injury? Before we ask about the Couture injury, because I'm I don't know any information on that. I haven't heard anything. Maybe Aaron has. Uh, but as far as uh, being too fat for the shirts. First of all, uh, I, I congratulate you uh, on being just open, you know, with body types. Some people are are very uh, closed off about that. So, you know, you're a very confident person, Ryan. Good on you. Uh, but as far as the size goes, we are going to be kind of moving to a different uh, shop model, I think, uh, down the road here. Uh, Super producer Jason putting lots of beers in the emojis down there. Very nice. Uh, We're going to move to a little bit of a different shop model where instead of having the inventory on hand, we'll have it just kind of uh, as a shop that's kind of an e-shop. So you can kind of pick and choose the thing that you want and the size that you want. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Again, thank you for the 10. Uh, We appreciate it. And if you do want to support the show later on, once we get that figured out and set up for you, uh, rest assured, we'll have something that you will like. Uh, We just won't have it in our inventory. It'll be in the cloud. There you go. Uh, Aaron, any update on Kachur's injury?
1: Uh, no, I have a feeling it wasn't something. I don't think it's major, like he's going to need surgery. I think they were just holding him out because they didn't want it to get worse, and they wanted some young guys to get in there. So maybe they were trying to tank the last three games, and they just said, just set these ones out. I don't want you to get hurt. I can see that. So, no, I don't have any update on it. Okay, fair enough.
0: I'm going to bounce back. But right now I want to bring up this comment. Will you guys do a show together next season? What are the plans? Yes, Nick, we will be doing a show next season. We'll continue to do shows until Super Producer Jason doesn't like us anymore, uh, because I don't think we could do this on our own. Uh, He's 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 the Wizard of Oz. He's the man behind the curtain. He's uh, he's phenomenal. Thank you, Super Producer Jason. If I can get some some flames or hearts or thank yous or whatever in the chat right now, uh, give Super Producer Jason some love. He's been doing this for uh, the better part of what three seasons now, and uh, he's he's phenomenal. Uh, we certainly
1: could not do this without him. So show him some love right now, guys. Go ahead, Aaron. Um, somebody asks if we would do a show together for the draft or for the uh, the lottery. You think we should do that? yeah no i I would love to do that we do a live show while we're watching the lottery and figure out where the sharks are going to be picking
0: yeah no i'm I'm fine with that i love that let's do it all right let's figure out when that
1: is okay
0: (laughs) keep your eyes and ears open guys if you're not subscribed to the channel please go ahead hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell so that way you know when we do go live with that show also if you are not uh following us or whatever the terms are uh, for all the socials, which are up in that corner. Aaron, can you point in there? I can't get to the corner. Your other one. There you go. Uh, They're all up there. So uh, usually we're mostly active on Twitter. So if you follow us on Twitter, um, we'll we'll go ahead and make that announcement uh, for when we're planning on doing that with the live show for the draft. I think that'll be fun. I think it'll be good to have a lot of comments going on in there. uh, Kind of do the whole thing live and follow it live. I think it'd be great. So yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm for that. Now I do want to call out, uh, all the love we're getting right now for Super Producer Jason it says, Jason the goat. Thanks, Jason. Uh, GG, Jason. Uh, you got this. I don't know what that means. Uh, some hands up in the air. I don't know if that's supposed to be Jason with blue sunglasses. Uh, wash hands. Kellen wants you to wash your hands, apparently. Please, let's uh, make sure that we do that. Thank you. I uh, didn't know. <laughs> there were, I didn't even know there were here. I don't know what that means, Kellen, but I appreciate you. Uh, virtual hug. Elbow bump. Jason is great. Uh Super Jason getting a lot of love. I'm feeling a little left out, but that's okay. Uh Aaron, Timo Meyer, last thing I want to talk about here, because we're past the hour here. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Let's do a roll call.
1: Yes, roll call. Tell us where you're watching from and what. And
0: what you think we can get for either Timo Meyer or Kevin LeBanc. Would they be traded? Aaron, guess what question I'm about to ask you right now?
1: Uh, what's my favorite ice cream? Yes. What is your favorite ice cream? Uh, right now I okay. would say it's chocolate moo malted moo shake from uh, Tillamook.
0: Okay. I, I like anything cookies and cream. Now the real question would be, uh, what do you think we could get for a Kevin LeBanc or a Timo Meyer? I saw a comment earlier saying, uh, maybe a third for LeBank, maybe a prospect or a third line center for Timo. I kind of disagree with that. I don't know uh, what
1: you think. I feel like we can get more. Go ahead. I think um, to me, Anthony Mantha is gonna be the best, um, best one to look at for comparison for uh, Timo Meyer. Anthony Mantha is a little older. He was on. Uh, he was drafted by the Red Wings, played on the Red Wings, and he just got traded to Washington. And I'm trying to see who the trade was for. And I believe, um, man, I gotta find it here. He was traded for Jacob Vrana, who is a very good not even prospect at that point a player, Richard panic, a decent sized player, a first round pick and a second round pick in the following year. So to me, I feel like even though, yeah, everyone's like, Oh, Timo Myers terrible. I still think he's going to pull in a lot of, a lot of people, um, a lot of picks or, or people. So I would say at least a first round pick for a former first round pick top 10 pick. Wasn't he, wasn't he number nine overall? I feel like he was number nine. I could be wrong, but I think it was nine. And it's not like he's a terrible player. He's still, he put up almost 60 points. So uh, he's going to be a 20, 20 to 30 goal scorer throughout his career. So yeah, I think we can get a lot for Timo Meyer more than Kevin LeBanc. But remember, Kevin LeBanc was a sixth round pick. uh, A guy who probably shouldn't even be in the NHL. So anything more than a sixth round pick, I think is going to be great for Kevin LeBanc. If we can get a second or a third for Kevin LeBanc, I could see it let's say the sharks don't make playoffs and the, and the drafts or the draft, the trade deadline comes up. Um, (laughs) I could see a uh, little bankrupt going nowhere. I could see, uh, I could see a second or third round for the bank, which would be a huge win for the sharks. I think just because of where he was drafted.
0: Yeah. I I mean, for for me, I, I look at this and I understand where fans are upset with these two players. We're upset with these two players as well. Uh, at the same time, you know, you have to look at it from the eyes of the other teams. And I think that if we were to look at a player who was maybe, maybe, maybe having a rough time with that team in that system and you looked and you saw that they had a new coach um, that was implementing the system, that they hadn't had their uh, their training camp and all that other stuff that we talked about before. And you can maybe understand where this player is might have had a bad season uh, just this season. And you think, you know, if they're trying to unload him, if they want to unload him, that's a guy I would be happy to take on. Maybe he just needs to change the scenery. Uh, Maybe that system just wasn't working for him. Maybe he just needs to be in that system for a little while during training camp to get really good acclimated to it. Um, You know, and maybe he needs to be playing on a team where he's not playing with guys that are at the AHL level, right? If we insert him into a lineup, we have a top six need. If we put him in our top six you know, surrounded by players that are pretty good, solid players. Does that change of scenery help that guy become the player that we think he is? And I think a lot of teams would would take a gamble on a guy like Timo Meyer. I say take a gamble. He's 24 years old and he scored 20 goals, like you said, Aaron. So I think this is a guy that, you know, can absolutely continue playing in the NHL and, and can play, uh, continue playing at a high level. So uh, I know everyone's upset and I know everyone thinks, oh, he's garbage right now. But that's right now. Um, you, you can't base his entire career of a 24 year old power forward on one bad season, one COVID shortened, uh, wonky season. Um, so I don't know. I just don't know if I buy that. I think he's definitely worth more than the, uh, the third line center or the third round pick that people think that they might get from now. Kevin, LeBanc, kind of in the same vein. I feel like, you know, like you said, he was a six round pick. I mean, anything you get that's better than a six round pick. First of all, yay, it's a win. Having said that, Kevin LeBanc is a guy that was traditionally playing in the top six on the top power play unit. Uh, there's a lot of teams out there that have enough defensive depth that could use a guy who does nothing but, but uh, offense, right? He's just focused solely on scoring goals and trying to make the power play better. So I think Kevin LeBanc absolutely has good trade value for those types of teams. So I don't know. I, I mean, I think maybe we're we're all kind of a little upset and we're kind of lowering their value based on, you know, emotion. But I think other teams look at these players and uh, they see more
1: value than San Jose Sharks fans see. I mean, I'm sharing my screen right now. You want to show this, Jason? Uh, Anthony Mantha is the perfect case study, I think, for Timo Meyer because this guy was drafted in the first round, 20th overall. Look at his points. His first full season, really, almost 20 goal score. Next season, 20 goal score, 20 goal score. Then he dips and gets worse. And Detroit gets worse at the same time. The Sharks are getting worse at the same time. Then he gets traded to Washington. He's surrounded with good players and he gets eight points in his 14 games that he's there. I mean, and he scored, I think in his first six, he scored a goal in six or four, four straight games, whatever he had points in six straight games. Um, Timo and his guys got a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick for the next year and two players in return for it. So I think uh, I think Timo Meyer is worth more than what people are thinking.
0: I'm gonna have to agree with you. One guy I don't agree with necessarily here is Anthony Sanchez. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I, you know I love you, and you're a part of the show, and the part of the comments all the time, uh, and I appreciate you. But LeBanc isn't top six material. His power play production dropped big time this year. That's my point, though, buddy. This year, I, I don't think you can judge his entire career and his trajectory based off just this year alone, I think this is a guy that, um, you know, He, I think he is top six material. I think he is a guy that uh, can certainly play on other teams' top six, um, given a little bit more time, a little bit more development. I think he's absolutely an offensive weapon. Um, his power play production dropped, yes, but the Sharks' power play dropped the ball
1: in, in general. Uh, they think, were just not very good. I think on a good team, Kevin LeBanc is a third-line winger who gets first-line power play time a power play specialist who doesn't get as much ice time, even strength. He's on the third line, even strength, which makes that third line better and in, in more depth, but he's not, I don't think he's a top six material because this 200 foot game is not there. No coach is going to trust him to be out there because his effort level is just not there every night. So to me, he's on a good team on a depth team. He's a third line winger with first line power play on a good team. There aren't many players in the sharks that wouldn't
0: be in the third third line though I mean Evander Kane yes he's he's up there he'd be top six Kachur and Hurl, you can argue yes they'd be top six we're talking about Timo as if he's worth a third round pick (laughs) Um, you know so I I think there's there's quite a few guys that would kind of fall into that category my point is I feel like Kevin LeBanc his his trajectory his upside his potential uh, would be uh, more of a top six and I'm also talking about a team that maybe they have enough defensive depth and they're looking for that offensive punch they would absolutely take a flyer on a Kevin LeBanc. Absolutely would do that. Um, a guy that can potentially score 20, 30 goals in a season, uh, you know, given the opportunity and the time and the teammates to help support him um, in a system that maybe favors him on a power play that he's on the number one power play guy. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like he could absolutely score uh, quite a few points for that team and they'd be very happy with him. Um There's some other comments here. I don't want to jump into these. I think we're going to end the show here because we're going pretty well past. We're almost an hour 10 in. However, I have an introduction to make. (laughs) You guys showed so much love uh, that Super Producer Jason is going to make an appearance here for you. So I am going to step back. I'm going to let Super Producer Jason take over the screen. Go ahead and show your face, buddy.
2: Got to figure out how to do this.
0: I thought you were going to have a mask on.
2: <laughs> yeah, I could. There
0: we go. <laughs> so, guys, this is Super Producer Jason. Now, uh, there's the mask. Uh, obviously, you see the uh, the relationship between Aaron and Jason there, uh, older brother, younger brother. And, uh, yeah, like I said, he has been behind the scenes doing this for us for the past three seasons, sometimes in person, sometimes Uh, you know, over the airwaves here, if you will. Uh, So, you know, Superdus Jason, if there's anything you want to say right now uh, to kind of the community or whatever, go ahead, you have the floor.
2: A few quick things. Uh, Not many people knew this unless you were a guest on our show, but I was actually tucked in a little station behind the set. So if I could tap on that wall right behind Aaron, that was basically where I was when we were doing this in person. Um, When the pandemic started, this is the format we chose to pursue doing shows in. So green screen and getting the guys set up with webcams. And now we all have the same kind of microphones, So we all sound the same as well. Um, it was really important to us to continue to do this show because there was such a great warm community that developed. What have we had like two or three trolls in our history? Like we have we haven't really had to deal with very much. And we're really fortunate you guys help self-police that when you're live chatting with us. Um, and your questions, your comments, your super chats, and now our Venmos, they're really going to do, you're going to see the effect that it has on on the next iteration of the Fin Factor. So set design underway would cost a lot. So we might be making this out of Legos or something, um, but I'm handling all the technical side. So from the producer side, it's going to be a lot higher quality. It's going to be in 1080p. Even if you're watching us on your phone, it's going to look different. It's going to look more broadcast quality. That's my background. Those are my awards. Only four could fit behind me. I have 15 showing off. Like I have experience with television production and and made award-winning content. And this is where we're channeling all of our energy and excitement into ongoing with the San Jose Sharks. There will be more shows. And if I got hit by a bus or I got called by a higher power to do production elsewhere... I'm making this so that it is production proof that we can have another producer with a road kit, whether we're here in studio or on the road. Um, we're going to have something that continues to develop this show further and further graphics. You guys are going to be excited to see there's new graphics coming. There's when you when you drop a super chat, I'm working on confetti falling, or maybe it's going to be bobbleheads or maybe it'll change. Maybe if Aaron ticks me off, it's going to be Aaron's head rolling around like bowling balls. <laughs> you um, mean Like
1: Actual confetti in the studio
2: no virtual (laughs) confetti gosh no um but uh we have some really exciting stuff in store and i'm doing a lot of research to see like what does that next version look like but um it's really exciting to be able to plan bringing that to everybody and that's that's what i wanted to say that's why i was willing to come on here and let you hear the voice of who is you probably heard my voice in the last lives what two years ago yeah when the when the sharks made the playoffs and stuff so um, maybe you will see more of me, but that's not determined yet. But um I've played with having a producer camera before and it just there was just it was melting my computer down like you know, it was a <laughs> Chernobyl back there. So I needed yeah. to stay cool and, and not have a computer with the fan running full blast and and uh so now we'll take that into consideration. There will uh, go. We'll, we'll hide behind the set now.
1: The three of us had been making videos, I think, since high school. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. This, this goes back to the days when we we taped it on uh, on VHS, and Jason had two VCRs to go back and forth to <laughs> add stuff into our Spanish class tape. I mean, this is going back to 1998. 1990, yeah, nineteen ninety eight. Man, if if we can get a copy of those and show them, I think that would I bet be. Bet sure you I have
2: them. I bet you I have them.
1: I, I, it's got to be somewhere. There's a there's a few. They weren't just Spanish videos either. There's some other ones. Just
0: yes. I recall a show, uh, one that you did called the monkey's paw. And yeah, that was
2: oh, an Paul was the one. star. That I yeah, was, was the based star. on a science fiction short story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh you're getting a lot of love here. Sonic Yo, Jason, no claxon says, I'm speechless, the man, the myth, the legend, Ben and Gundry. Yay, Scott Kemp with lots of hand clapping there. Sonatonic Flexing that he's seen you before On Twitter apparently (laughs) Uh, Noah Claxton would like to expose Aaron And trade for Jason Uh, Ryan Sontag With an all caps Jason Uh, Literally like the Wizard of Oz Sonatonic says The man behind the curtain Um, I don't know Lundy says I don't think the three of you Sound the same at all I don't know if anybody had said that But all right, cool
1: absolutely He meant uh, having microphones we all sound Quality wise Not that we sound the same literally
0: well, no, it's just my voice is sexy. That's all it is to it. So there you go. Uh, Hernandez saying much success to the Finn Factor. Uh, very cool. Thank you all. Uh, thank you for all you guys do, Nick. Nick, uh, I want to say it right back to not just you, but to everybody else. Thank you for what you guys do. You guys, again, like Superdusers Jason had said, you know, it's the community. It's the love. It's you guys kind of policing, you know, and moderating for us. So, um, you know, right back at you guys. We, we uh, as much as we enjoy doing this show. Uh, we can't do this show without Jason. We can't do this show without you. It's, it would just be us talking to each other, um, and which is actually kind of how the show started, to be honest, but whatever. Uh, you guys do a great job. Keep it up. Let's go, Shark. Shout out to the producer. Uh, great show, guys. Uh, Viva La Fin Factor. Flex them awards. Uh, yeah, dude, there's there's just... Yeah, we're getting a lot of love here. So Jason is the best looking of them. Lundy, you take that back. I am much better looking than all of them combined.
1: <laughs> That's debatable. <laughs>
0: Um, I, you know, I'm surprised. I'm not uh, the, in the small box with you in the big box right there. Okay, Jason is the best looking of them. Lundy says, "Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right." Um, wait, how much this. super chat money is needed for a super chat controlled confetti cannon on the set? I want to <laughs> know
2: too. That that's worth coming back on here for. Hmm. <laughs> the oh, problem man. is the cleanup, and it you know just like when you go to the beach and you get sand everywhere. There's gonna be confetti everywhere, so okay, this, not a good idea. We'll put a chart well, down.
0: But what if, hear me out, what if a a certain amount set the confetti off? And it could be like cumulative, (laughs) right? If we get $50 to worth, boom, it goes off, whatever. And it could be like five here, a dollar here, 10 here, whatever. And if it adds up. I get to
2: pick where the confetti gun goes then.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) It's going to be right in my face.
0: Okay. okay, That I
2: was the best looking. That would be funny
0: if we got
1: shot with confetti in our faces. Like, oh, God. Hey. We got a super chat. It's going to come out like a flamingo behind you. It's like getting slimed on Nickelodeon. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, guys, if you are still here, you are true Factor fans. Thank you for staying as we've gone way off the rails. (laughs) Uh, And and again, that's what uh, an appearance by Super Producer Jason will do. uh, Gets everybody riled up. So, uh, you know, again, thank you guys so much for uh, being a part of this community, for being in the comment section for sharing us, for retweeting us, for getting us the support through the super chat, through Venmo, through um, you know the the finfactor.com and getting the gear. Even if you don't like snap packs or, or, or you're, you're too fat for the shirts, uh, we appreciate that. And again, be on the lookout for us to have uh, some other gear that you know might fit you better or is kind of more up your alley in terms of style or whatever else because that stuff is coming. Um, so again, I, I see this. Thank you guys. No, thank you. Fin Factor dad shoes. Okay. Hey, uh, there's a whole lot of love going back and forth here. I love it. So um, I I hate to cut it off, but we will for now and be on the lookout for our next show will be a recorded show. We'll be talking about what are we going to talk about, Aaron? You want to go ahead and let him in on it for
1: our last recorded show? Yeah, for our recorded show. I think it's going to be a season review kind of going through what uh, kind of what our thoughts were, what the Sharks kind of were looking forward to this season, kind of going through the season and then how it ended um so basically that meme of how it started and how it ended that's what we're going to plan on doing
0: (laughs) sounds good okay so there you go guys um again thank you so much uh season three we're wrapping it up in the next show here so uh if you're not subscribed please do that and uh you'll be uh shown when uh that video is is available so there you go Oh, ryan sontag with a two dollar last second you snuck it in ryan well done buddy thank you so much for the uh what 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 are those? Is it like it's like party favor kind of things. I don't know what that is. Like a horn, the
1: confetti. I think it's confetti. It's, oh, maybe it's confetti. There you go. A yeah, confetti it's like confetti. Yeah.
0: he's trying to get to the fifty dollars mark. You got two. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, again, thanks guys so much. Okay, so for actually, super producer Jason, why don't you show yourself one more time? He's like, come nah. on,
2: don't be shy. I, I have to click so many buttons to reappear. <laughs> it's just, I'm not in the flow, but I'm here. <laughs> what do you want okay, so- i just put a venmo on there from uh oh uh who was that from was it sonic it was sonic tonic
0: oh that yeah. the previous venmo was from sonic
2: yeah i'll toss that again gotcha okay oh there it
0: is oh robert Spittler, got it uh looking forward to random updates over the summer from you fellas thanks for making this awful season a little better uh hey man that's just that's the least we could do Um, You know, we we signed up to talk about this team. So um, that's
1: what we're going to (laughs) do. We're stuck with it now.
0: (laughs) So normally this is the part of the show where I say for Super Producer Jason. But since he's right there, you want to go ahead and lead us out?
2: For Aaron and Paul and on behalf of myself, Super Producer Jason, which you guys gave me the title for. uh, (laughs) Thank you everyone for joining. It's been a great season. We'll have one more recorded episode coming out in a few days. So stay tuned for that. Be sure to subscribe. And uh, we are going to see you guys sometime next week. Sometime next week. Bye-bye. How do I end the show? I don't know. (laughs) Just say (laughs) bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at TheFinFactor and on Instagram at FinFactor. And don't forget
1: to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com, where you'll find all of our
2: episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.